I'm amazed how many people own stocks. Welcome to the Playing Footsie Podcast. My name's Paul, and each episode, me and the lads get together to talk about the stocks, stock market news, and finance in general. Quick disclaimer, you shouldn't consider anything in this podcast as personal financial advice. If you need such advice, go to a financial advisor. And please remember, when investing in any form, your capital is at risk. So sit back, relax, and let the lads fill you in with all the stock market news of the week. The sucker's going up. Welcome back to another episode of the Playing Footsie podcast. It's about 17, 18, episode 18, I think we're on at the 18, moment. I think. I can't believe... Yeah, I can't believe we got this this far in. Apparently, on a podcast, if you get to episode seven, then you're in it for the long haul. So uh, we're we're doing pretty well. Maybe this will be. Maybe we'll keep doing this week on week now forever. And uh, well, thank you to all the two hundred people that that sit and watch this and listen to this on the podcast. We we really appreciate you guys. In fact, we've got a few comments coming up later. We'll read them out and everything. Um, this week has been uh, largely same old, same old for me. I don't think my portfolio has gone up much or, or down much. I think it's kind of the same. Uh, how's your week's gone, both in stocks and in normal life, as it were? Normal life's been quite nice. The weather's been looking up. Uh, lots of people going outside. Um, same here. It's been It's been quite nice to be out and about and not actually thinking about stocks all day. So... During lockdown, there wasn't sort of that much else to do other than sit in front of your computer screen all the damn time and look at your portfolio going up and down and thinking, I need to do something. Mm. I need to do something. I need to buy something. I need to sell something. I should sell this thing and buy this other thing and keep fiddling with it. And actually, I realized that having been let out of the house a little bit and some nice weather, it turns out there are actually other things in the world as well. And that's probably a good thing for my investing life in yeah. general. Hasn't made much difference yet, but it's probably a good thing for me in general. It's been one of those weeks, hasn't it, that you, you really wanted. In, during lockdown, when you had a, a portfolio week like, like this, which was fairly flat, you'd be like, do something, do something. <laughs> I'm so bored, do something. And that's kind of what this week's been. So at least we've had the sun to enjoy. I mean, I, I've spent most of my day shouting at solicitors and... Um, <laughs> And and yeah, and that's, so we still don't hobby. have a... Let's just let's just be yeah. clear. That's just not a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't go just around chirping at people, uh, particularly lawyers. <laughs> I think you've got yeah, you're buying just, a house, right? Yeah, just trying to. Well, we're on. We're at the stage now where we they want us to basically agree a moving date. So they've been like, "Can you move on the twenty third? We were like, "Yeah." One person can't move. Can you move on the 21st? Yeah, yeah, we can. One person can't do it. Can you move <laughs> on the 18th? No. Now we're the bad guys. <laughs> we can't do it. I've just, but it's just I, like, <laughs> oh, it's mental. I've just got like visions of you standing out of solic- outside of solicitor's offices going, case law is not real law. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, just shouting random quirks up. <laughs> No, but, I mean, I don't want to. Ups- I don't want to upset any solicitors here. But surely, conveyancing is just googling. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is, especially the flood risk one, where you where you go. Okay, where looks deep? Oh, there. Where the, Where's there a river? Oh, yeah, there. That's. Uh, it's just it. Like, it must be the easiest job ever. All right, let's leave your solicitor's woes behind. But yeah, I like that Steve W. I really liked that. Um, Because yeah, I think I've been feeling a lot less 
stock anxiety recently as well where i've been sitting there going oh should i should i sell or should i move should i move a bit of funds from here or this has done so well i need to cut it now i need and put it back into here i'm not thinking like that anymore i'm thinking more you know just leave it and largely a lot of my life right now was not thinking about my own portfolio which is yeah maybe maybe that's what we need in the world because last year has been really intense with um with stocks i mean i, I was just listening to steve galloway podcast on the way back from work i've literally just come from work by the way uh, and i've sat scott down galloway there. scott galloway <laughs> you got too many Gall- you got too many steves as it is too many not everyone's too many Steve. steves on the brain it's a it's a steve fest now scott galloway i was listening to scott galloway's latest episode it's about um a guy who's written a book about amazon and uh the the key fact out of all of it uh, even though amazon there's so much detail in amazon about amazon in that is that the jeff bezos dick pics don't exist i didn't know that did you know that just out of interest you know the famous i didn't know I had a thorough search, but I couldn't find it enough. <laughs> no, it's just. Uh, what are we talking about? I don't know anything about this. Yeah, sorry. I, it's just something that it's just <laughs> something that I uh, that happened on the way home. Well, famously, Jeff Bezos uh, got his phone hacked, and they got some dick pics off his phone, and that's why it led to his the crush of his marriage. And uh, it turns out they don't exist. Uh, it never happened, and it could have all been orchestrated by Jess Bezos himself, and that's a conspiracy theory that we'll leave for another day. Okay, so <laughs> in the news this week, we're going to go... F- oh, no, we're not. We're going to start with a game because Steve W has come up with another game, and we're, <laughs> we're enjoying playing these games, uh, and I hope you like playing along at home as well. Let's. Uh, I have no idea what he's got in mind, so what you got, Steve? What have you got? Yes, the game is uh, the game this week is called Who Wants to Be Steve D's Solicitor? No, uh, the <laughs> game this week is not called that. Uh, over the past few weeks, though, we've <laughs> we've been helping Paul to feel good about himself by coming up with some games that he can win at. Uh, and this week, it's my turn to host and Steve D's turn to lose. Uh, so, building on the momentum that we've generated from You Suck at Chamat and Is the Ark Sinking and Does the Cat Fit? This week, we bring you a game called. Kathy, would you rather? Uh, so get ready and you can play along at home if you like. Uh, so the rules are very simple. Uh, I've got nine pairs of stocks in front of me uh, and Steve D and Paul can take it in turns to pick a number. Um, and when you pick a number, I'll tell you two stocks. And all you have to do is tell me which one has performed better year to date. So they might be up, they might be down. One of them might be up, one of them might be down, so on. Just tell me which one's done better. Uh, we'll do three each and see where that takes us, which will probably be to the point of having no listeners at all. <laughs> uh, and just to be clear, this is price appreciation only, uh, dividends not included. So if you have a big dividend paying one with a non-dividend paying one, you'll need to factor that in. I don't think it's an issue on any of them, but uh, you'll want to What timeline are we talking? Thinking. What's, the, what's the timeline? Uh, uh, year to date. So from January 1st to this morning when i looked at them uh this is thursday 3rd of june <laughs> uh, i looked before the markets opened in any of these cases okay uh steve you usually don't win nor do i uh do you want to pick first yeah so what have i got to pick a number out of between one and pick a number between one and nine for one me nine. Well, I'll, nine. I'll go with seven lucky seven <laughs> okay so some of these pairs are better suited to paul and some of them are better suited to steve Ooh. um this one is not better suited to Steve. Brilliant. Uh, so you've got consumer beverage giant Coca-Cola. 
against consumer beverage giant Pepsi. Um, which one uh, do you think's done better yesterday? Oh. Ooh. Um, oh, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, I think I'm. I I don't know, but I'm gonna go with Pepsi. All good because I'm going. Steve's with laughing, mm-hmm. so that's I'm going with that's cake. nothing. <laughs> Uh, so Paul thinks he knows and he thinks you're wrong. Um, so we're not, I'm not going to kind of offer it out to Paul on this one. You are indeed wrong. Coke's done about twice as well as Pepsi. I mean, Coke has recently had a couple of interesting sort of catalysts come its way. It's had a good earnings thing. They've um, managed to divest some of their brands, I think. They've also uh, had a bit of a push to try and get themselves into markets where they're not that well known. It's an interesting one. I looked at Coke for a little while when it was just a little bit higher than I wanted it in the sort of mid 40s and then didn't go for it and it's actually skidded up quite a bit from there mm. so it's uh, it's up about 5% yeah. Pepsi's up about 2 and a bit um, yeah Pepsi at least with this game right rather than guessing numbers you got half a chance of getting a point either way <laughs> yeah I'll Pepsi, still get um, zero Pepsi has just done it's just been very <laughs> flat and I I recently sold out of it because I thought uh, I just don't feel that the growth in either of those companies is brilliant anymore. Uh, but I thought Pepsi was the better company. That's what I personally thought with the you know the diversification into different products. But Coke just did better. I don't know why. No idea why. It might still be me. the better company, but the thing I keep hearing about Pepsi is it's got diverse exposure to stuff like salty snacks. But I also keep hearing... And everyone who talks about Kellogg's likes telling me that unhealthy snacks are on the way out, not on the way up. Mm. Um, which means yeah. that being diversified into that probably isn't that helpful. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a scary one. I mean, buy Tattooed Chef, I guess, and uh, Beyond Meat and... <laughs> the, Findus. I mean, <laughs> the, yeah, <laughs> Tattooed Chef, the Findus of the tech world, apparently. <laughs> okay, so next number I will choose six. Why not? Uh, okay, so Steve picked what I consider to be very much a Paul pair of companies. You've picked what I consider very much to be a Steve pair of companies. Uh, what do you like on Latin American fintechs, Paul? I knew it was going to be a Latin American fintech. It's always <laughs> going to be Latin, Latin American fintechs, wasn't it? <laughs> Uh, so yes, it's the only two Latin American fintechs anybody's ever heard of, I think, uh, which are Stoneco and Mercado Libre. Mercado Libre. Oh, I think I know the answer to this one anyway. Um, mm-hmm. What do I have to? I have to pick which one's better. Which one's done better year to date? Uh, which one's done better year to date? Neither of Ooh. them pays a dividend for what it's worth, so there's no that's... no nothing to consider there anyway. Oh, that's year to date. Uh, if you go. Last year, Mercado Libre, definitely. But year to date? Uh, so, year to, yeah, year to date from January 1st. They've both gone down today, actually, but I'm not including yeah. that in... Uh, I'm going to go with Mercado Libre. I'll go with Mercado Libre. I bet it's done worse that year to date, though, hasn't it? I think this is a battle of who's done the worst. Yeah, I think, I think so as well. Melly, Melly is probably down quite a bit, but Stoneco had a, a bit of a dodgy earnings recently, so yeah. I I think uh, Stoneco has probably done better. I think. Yeah, but I think you're right. It's a, uh, it's a you, game of who does worse. Yeah, you were doing well until that last sentence, Steve. Um, they have <laughs> both done badly this year so far. Uh, Paul is right though. Uh, Mercado Libre is only down just under seventeen percent. Uh, true as of this morning. It's probably a little more now. Uh, Stoneco was off by 20%. Both. So, Both pretty uh, good companies. Paul's though, winning I mean. again. 
<laughs> it's happening both again. Pretty good companies. Uh, yeah, both very good balance sheets. Both yeah. very nice areas to be in. Uh, yeah. Both any of them looking attractive at the moment to either of you? Mm, lots of optionality as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Interesting um, businesses. I I would love to look at the operating cash flow of uh, Mercado Libre at the minute, but I think it's got to be still too high. I mean, what what's the PE PE ratios of Mercado Libre right now? Still sixty something like that. Um, there's a 60, lot to thousand. it. <laughs> oh, it could uh, be, really I would have cool. thought it was higher than sixty. Yeah. Okay. I I don't actually know, but yeah, the strong strong businesses following in um, all sorts of different trends, aren't they? Like Amazon and things like that. So mm-hmm. who knows? They, they look really number good. nine. Hit me with yeah, number, number nine. nine. <laughs> oh, good. Number nine. I was waiting for you to choose number nine. Um, okay. So uh, number nine. Uh, you have a choice then between uh, COVID nineteen vaccine manufacturer AstraZeneca. And COVID-19 vaccine manufacturer, Pfizer. No, oh, it's got to be easy. Has it? So it? I don't yeah. follow Has either it? of these no, companies I, I don't think all. this is easy. I would have I got the first two without looking and having looked them up. I would not have necessarily known where to go on this. I'm not saying I'd have got it wrong. Ooh. I'd had a guess, basically, so, and I don't know what I would have guessed. Oh, is that the I'm, I don't think this is easy at all. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with because I had the Pfizer vaccine today. Ah. I'm I'm going to go with Pfizer. That is my that is my scientific answer. <laughs> so you think Pfizer might have implanted some sort of microchip into you now to go and talk about Pfizer all the time? No. No, just Xboxes. Uh, Paul, Paul, you thought this was easy. Were you going to say Pfizer then? Yeah, I was, yeah. I was. Uh, um, yeah, you'd, you would... Go on. You would both have been wrong. Um, oh, right. Uh, so Ooh, AstraZeneca bringing it back. This one becomes trickier with um, a couple of things. So one is that AstraZeneca had some slightly iffy news, I think, towards the end of last year. They made an acquisition for a sort of rare diseases company that I think the market didn't take very well. I'm not quite sure exactly when the timing on that was, but they might have been still recovering it from that year. The other is that Pfizer pays a bigger dividend by yield as well. So if you include dividends into this, which I said we weren't because I couldn't be bothered to compute them, um, then uh, you might get closer with mm-hmm. Pfizer. But AstraZeneca's up 6.6, Pfizer's up 4.59. So I'm uh, still waiting for Steve to get on the board here. Paul, pick a number. That'll be that'll be because AstraZeneca had such a bad late last year then, so it's just kind of recovering from a crap last year. It might be to uh, do with that, yeah. Yeah, five, five. Five. Okay. Um, by the way, that last one wasn't really an either of you themed one, I didn't think. I don't think five is either. Five is industrials companies that share their names with animals. So you have um, heavy machinery manufacturer Caterpillar um, and heavy machinery manufacturer Deer, sort of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's bad. <laughs> Be uh, that's all I've got for this better? pod. <laughs> uh, ah, are these both now Kathy Woodstocks, or is just dear Kathy? Woodstock? Yeah, they are. They are both Kathy Woodstocks. They, they are both Kathy Woodstocks. So, so negatively, <laughs> no. Uh, um, I will say, dear. I'm going to go dear, even though that's. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I, I would have gone. I would have gone caterpillar. I, I think I would have gone caterpillar. Yeah, I know. That's a, a hard one for me. That one. 
Uh, yeah, that was extremely close. Uh, it is Caterpillar, and it might even be different having at the close of the day. So both have done really, really well in a big reflationary building kind of environment. Big demands for machinery, big demands for manufacturing. Uh, Caterpillar and Deer are making bank off them in terms of share price anyway. So Caterpillar up 33.66, Deer up 33.28. Uh, I would have given you something with a yeah with a larger spread if I um, hadn't wanted to have that theme of uh, animal machinery. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that's a good, Uh, that's a good, that's good gain on the year. That is. So, cat opened the year at one eight two, closed at two four three. Deer opened at two six seven. Opened at three five six on year to date. Um, Yeah, hmm. deer. Dear, that famous uh, space um, mm. business. Dear to the moon, huh? Oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> Steve, pick a number. Number pick one. A winner. Number one. Oh, good. I was hoping you would pick number one. I don't really care what other ones you pick. You picked the animal machinery one, <laughs> and now you pick my other favourite one. Uh, kebab van, Steve. Um, so what you have here is things that we've historically used to try and generate kebab money with. Uh, you have a choice between last year's direct <laughs> listing uh, kebab generator Palantir um, and last year's kebab generating IPO thing <laughs> Lemonade. Ooh. Ooh, I like it. I like it. They're both red, definitely. Um, oh, I think they, I do. <laughs> and they also might have flipped in the last week, maybe. I'm thinking. Yeah, I think I think both of them are easily have been down at least fifty percent at some point, even more. But whether they still are is where were they oh, in January? I'm gonna go. I think well. Palant. Yeah, I think I think Lemonade had a bit of a hit just before Christmas. Oh, no, I'm good. Now nah, I'm going Palantir <laughs> because uh, Palantir, they've had a recent run up. I think Palantir, the better one, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, you are right. Um, Palantir is up 4%. Lemonade is down 12 um, on this yes. year. Or calendar year, I should say. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Go on, Crazy Chris. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I took my eye off Lemonade yeah, like, ever since its IPO. Yeah, it's, and I, the only reason I know a little bit about, about Lemonade now, because I just basically don't look at it, um, is on eToro. Every, for some reason, every now and then, it just gives me a quick uh, highlight of today, Lemonade is up 8%, and then the next day it'll go, today, Lemonade is down 8%. And that's basically <laughs> my entire uh, notifications on eToro at the minute, which is, for some reason, just Lemonade. Um so I keep getting that. But yeah, surprise it was down 12%. But I'm guessing Palantir this week and last week had a good run. Sort of 20 yeah, a bit of a resurgence. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. People moving from crypto back into meme a little bit. And uh, obviously with AMC going on again, should we, I mean, I've got nothing prepared on AMC. I've got to, got to admit, but have we got to talk about it? Have we, have we got to at least acknowledge what's going on here? Or? Later. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, fair enough. The score um, is one one. There's one so to play. What's the scores I, now. It's one one. You have one more go. Okay. We do have a tiebreaker if it comes to it. I'm guessing number two is left. Uh, number two is left. Well, uh, I can tell you the numbers left. that are left if you like, but yeah. it won't matter because you don't know what any of them are. So two. It's okay. It's it's all random. Yeah. Okay, so two. Yeah, two companies you've probably heard of in this case. Um, 
e-commerce company Amazon um, and other e-commerce company Tencent. This is the only pair I had on the list at all where one of them pays a dividend strictly and one of them doesn't. Tencent does, Amazon doesn't, but the Tencent dividend is fairly negligible. It's tiny. And this is year to date. Year to date. So Amazon's been flat for as long as I can remember now. And so a week, uh, Tencent, I know... <laughs> and then Tencent uh, went went down with the Chinese stock. So I'm actually going to say Amazon by very little. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to say. Um, some decent reasoning in that, uh, but you are not right. So we go to the tiebreaker. Amazon, you're oh, dead no. right. Amazon has been pretty flat year to date. It's up 1.49%. Tencent's up 11. Ah. Uh, Tencent was That's around 72. It's now, it uh, was this morning at 81. So, okay. So not all the Chinese stocks took a battering. No, or some of them recovered well, uh, is another way of thinking about it, yeah. I guess. So, tiebreaker time. Uh, this, of course, is a playing footsie show. Love um, we love the footsie so much that, there. I mean, I had some pairs of footsie stocks on this list, by the way. Uh, just none of you picked them. I was going to say Oil Giant. They were all too boring. <laughs> oil <laughs> Giant Shell. Uh, I had Segro on there, and I was going to compare that with O for you. Uh, the US... Renewable giant. Renewable giant, I'll have you know. <laughs> so here's the tiebreaker, and unfortunately... Greenwasher it's... Shell versus Greenwasher BP. It's... <laughs> uh... Okay. Um... Here's the question for you, then. <laughs> Sorry, Brucey, carry on. <laughs> How much is the FTSE 100 up by this year, uh, year to date? Oh, that's that's terrible. Uh, um, oh, uh, oh, so it is, it is up, <laughs> by the way. It's not oh. down. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's doing quite well, actually. Um, oh, who want, who who do you want to go first here? Uh, go on, Steve. Win it for yourself. Challenger has to go first. Eight uh, percent. <laughs> Eight oh, percent. I've gone with eight. Eight. It's very quick on the eight percent after so we asked. A... Uh, I suppose it's higher or lower, Paul. <laughs> is this is this a close uh, closest win? Yeah. Sort of thing? Uh, yeah. Let's go with closest wins then. Pick a number you think mm, is so, right. So technically, if I say nine percent, I give myself an infinite advantage. Well, you give I yourself an infinite 7%. chance. I think the advantage you get tapers off when yeah. we get past sort of seven thousand percent up or something. <laughs> uh, ooh, what do we think what do we think right oh, see I had 5.6% oh. in my head <laughs> would, you, would you like that as a number and we can just say whoever's closest now, now we know his missus is sat there his missus <laughs> is sat there with the iPad she's just pulled up view and gone look 5.61 I better not do the one it's too accurate 5.6 I I think I just like the number I think I just like the number 5.6 actually so I'm going to go with 5 you're going to go with 5.6 okay on, on that horror we're going to go for whoever's closer really. oh thank god for that Steve's closer yeah um... is it like <laughs> Yeah, is it like 9%? No, it's not 9%. Steve is very close. It's 7.43. No? 
Yeah. Oh. yeah. Which is higher than Coke, higher than Mercado oh. Libra, higher than Stone Co, higher than Amazon, higher than all the companies that we like, higher than Palantir, higher than Lemonade, higher than pretty much everything. Uh, wow. It's beating all of us. It's higher than AstraZeneca, higher than Pfizer, higher than Shell. Oh, it's higher than like everything I had here. Oh. And Jesus we still won't talk Christ. about it. Yeah. It's... Uh... <laughs> Buy, buy your broad-based index funds, guys, because they're doing super, super well, I guess. Particularly the FTSE 100. Uh, any reason for that? Brexit going well, is it? Brexit going brilliantly? Um, It's going pretty well, the FTSE, but I don't know about... <laughs> I, I think it yeah. is, actually. It feels like some of the other stuff has been... I think, a, I think a lot of the Brexit... Yeah, I think a lot of the Brexit fears have kind of... Like kind of tapered off a little bit and um, started to forget about it, and we've had COVID to think about. So uh, uh, maybe maybe we'll get scared about Brexit again uh, in six months once the once the cases start to drop up, drop down again. We've got another resurgence of cases coming, so we've got that to be worried about first. Uh, right. <laughs> so that means Steve Steve D the winner. Yeah. Uh, I've been toppled as the champion. For the first week, and if anyone so, uh, is, uh, I'll, we'll it feels like a <laughs> if anyone is looking for a job, Paul needs a new iPad operator uh, to tell him what the footsie one hundred. Yeah, <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing, woman? Right, give me the right. Like, At the moment, it feels like um, <laughs> it, it feels like that FA Cup third round where Northwich Victoria score one goal but go to lose nineteen <laughs> one. <laughs> Okay, news this week then. We've got, um, you guys wanted to talk about the corporate bonds that uh, the Fed has decided to start selling. In case anybody didn't already know, let me try and bring it up. The Federal Reserve has announced that it wants to sell uh, some of the corporate bonds. I think it started with about 13 billion of corporate bonds uh, during, uh, that it brought during the COVID crisis. Tell me, lads, you guys want to talk about it. I thought this was a non-story, by the way, but uh, these guys wanted to talk about it, and I'll try and give my two cents on it, but I reckon you guys have done a lot more looking into this. Yeah, um, it's really, it's, um, it's not a lot of money. So first of all, it's not anything to be particularly frightened of immediately, but the, the issue with it is that I would take, or the thought that I would like to, um, you know, just to plant in your head, is essentially that this is a change of narrative from the Fed. So this is the beginning of the withdrawal of the support for the market. Now, this might be the first step of a thousand step, and this might be the only step they take in the near future, but it's a definite narrative change from the Federal Reserve. Um you know, we're not we're not talking about all the corporate bonds here, and we're, we're certainly not talking about them. I think they probably will clear the ETFs out. I don't think there was any ever any need for them to support ETFs. Um, but yeah, it's just a interesting little take. You know that the the, the support for the market, the the uh, sort of financial underpinning, is just slowly being withdrawn away. I don't know what you think, Steve. Yep, that's pretty much what's happening. And then the question then becomes, is this a good thing or a bad thing? And that very much depends on who you ask a little bit. But I think in recent kind of days and weeks, and maybe even as far as a couple of months, I've been starting to hear from the things I listen to, 
an increasing swell of the Fed needs to kind of act or at least think about acting reasonably soon. So we've seen other um, financial institutions in Europe and the UK just starting to taper support down a little bit. Uh, and the Fed has said it's not going to do that. The Fed has said we're going to we're not even thinking about thinking about thinking about um, letting up yet. We want the economy to run hot. We're not worried about inflation. Inflation is transitory. Uh, we're going to keep going the way we're going. Everyone else can taper if they like. We're going to keep doing this. And people that's worried people because they have thought that, well, if we keep running and running and running, we're going to come to at some point a screeching halt. And it would be much better if we tapered things down gently and bring things back under control uh, a little bit at a time, just with some stuff to start off with. And as Steve says, this isn't a big starting point, but it has had, I think, a couple of little moves on markets. Uh, and I've been interested in what's been going on there. So the thing I'd noticed in just in my own portfolio, just looking today, haven't had huge amounts of time to do that much looking. But both of my basic material stocks are down and they're both down by about 3% or so. And I saw I got an update come through saying gold was off by about 3%. So those things that we would expect to go well in inflation as the price of materials go up, as the price of gold goes up, as the value of the dollar comes down. Just the Fed not even tapping the brakes, just kind of hinting at tapping the brakes uh, maybe on this. It's just had a little bit of a push on some of those things, uh, which is interesting because it kind of lends some support to the thought that, well, okay, better to tap the brakes now rather than hammer the brakes further down the line when things are really running out of control. Yeah, so I looked into this story very briefly when you brought it up, and I, I wasn't as convinced. Uh, I can understand what the narrative is here, and, and definitely looking at this headline here, Fed to sell corporate bonds and ETFs required during COVID-19 crisis, does definitely give this sort of fear. Uh, it gives that fear feeling. It gives that headline of, oh, my God, they're, they're going to they're gonna sell everything. They're going to sell everything. But what's actually in these corporate bonds and, and the ETFs is actually about $400 billion in total that they brought. Sorry if that's not completely accurate, but I'm, I'm sure it's pretty close to $400 billion, $400 billion. And they're going to start next month, I believe it was, uh, with only selling $13 billion. And so I, I get what you mean. It, it Things are. Ju it does give a hint that there maybe they do want to start selling, but they're also these things that they've bought these ETFs and corporate bonds. They're in Apple, they're in I think Google, Microsoft, big big companies that don't need it. You know, they they really didn't need the help. And like you say with the ETFs, I think they. I'm trying to figure out why they bought the ETFs. I can't other than to like help maybe make them float a little bit and maybe soften the blow to the market that might be why they bought them but they certainly didn't do they certainly didn't uh, buy that many bonds and ETFs in comparison to treasury bonds cuz let's remember that treasury bonds is in excess of 21 trillion i don't actually know the number it could be much much higher than that it could be 30 odd trillion now uh, and they haven't said they're going anywhere near build uh, getting rid of them yet so i i know what you're saying it's an early early start but hasn't has they have they properly properly changed the narrative and what does the fed get out of selling these bonds do you do you know what they what they get from selling off these bonds again are they going for taxes are they going for infrastructure building does anybody know 
Well, it's all part of everything, isn't it? It's about um, sort of deleveraging their own balance sheet. And I know that it's 16 billion when you've got 30 trillion is not really an awful lot. But um, it, it's the beginning of, um, you know, just, just a hint at the, um, just that withdrawal from the market, which is really interesting. But one of the things that we've <clears throat> we probably didn't mention is that the people who usually benefit from reducing material prices is often the people who use those raw materials. So normally when you see a withdrawing from basic materials, you would start to see um, strengthening in uh, the house builders. Now it's quite interesting to see that raw materials in the US went down, but actually the house builders went with them. Um, so it looks like Wall Street isn't particularly convinced that this is something serious at the moment. And it could well just be a coincidence that, you know, on a day where pretty much everything has 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 either been flat or dropped a little bit that the house builders and the basic materials have followed suit mm. it's very interesting you've said that because i i was actually looking at the house builders myself uh today and i was going because mm, i'm invested in lenar uh, as disclosure uh lenar corp is one of the biggest i think it's the second biggest housing builder in the u.s behind dr horton which we formerly love to call uh, Dr. Horton. And though, and like you say, those have been going down with prices because I think we were discussing this the other day, actually, Steve, and saying that because these prices are going up so much, particularly here in the UK, it's leading to a lot of deferments of uh, key exchanges and generally delaying loads of, loads of builds and actual sales. So I, I can only see that as changing what the analyst estimates are as well. So where the analyst estimates were made, you know, three months ago, now the changes in lumber prices in brick prices, sand prices, uh, just the fact that we don't have any sand is quite crazy. And that's surely going to affect the profit margins of these companies and maybe change them in comparison to the analyst estimates that have already been made. Now, are we likely to see some revisions of the analyst estimates or even some rev revisions of the guidance from these companies? That's scary because, you know, I'm not that high up on uh, Lenar Corp anymore. I'm only about 15% up. Could I see a 15% drop when they decide to announce their profit margins have gone down? It is quite scary. It's less of a problem in the US because the US has the power to make sure it's, especially the purchasing power, to make sure its stocks are going to be permanently full of the materials they need to uh, to carry on building and to eventually complete. In the UK, though, however, it's probably going to be uh, a bit more of an issue. Now, we're already seeing lead times on some key products uh, drifting out quite a bit. For instance, things like... Um, uh, sort of chipboard decking things like that they're on about 10 to 12 weeks delivery but the worst thing at the moment that we're experiencing is tiling lats now it seems like such a such a stupid thing that it could be made out of anything but it has to be graded and stamped to be able to be used in the uk and at the moment the lead time on a tiling lat is about well it's between 40 and 50 weeks if you can't get tiling lats you can't tile the house if you can't tile the house you can't start to do any of the inside work um so there's a big issue there, um, and I would expect to see, well, keep your eye on UK completions because uh, especially in the sort of mid-tier builders who are, you know, they don't fill the site up at the beginning and build with what they've got, they, they order as they go. The mid-tier builders, they, they could be in for a pretty rough year in terms of completions. 
Yeah, I was looking at those, those sorts of builders. Uh, Listry, Taylor Wimpy. I suppose they're not mid-tier, are they? They're, they're more the, the upper tier. But they're pretty big. This, they'll, still, they'll still be... Um, they'll still be... Uh, very affected by this. Obviously, that's like the negative side. You know, material costs, we thought were actually going to raise prices. And they have. They have raised prices. It's very hard to get a house at the moment. It's very, very hard to get... Um, uh, a pre-owned house and the new builds are actually going like hotcakes just because of that but like you say completion times could be could now be delayed because uk markets just don't have the purchasing power however on the other side of that argument how does how would that compare to the fact that both the us and the uk have a terrible housing inventory at the moment they simply do not we don't have the houses to sell to the people that need them, especially in the US. The housing inventory in the US is so, so low right now. That's got to be a driver for these new house builders. It's got to be the biggest. It's got to be it's got to be massively overpowering of the, the high prices of the number right now, right? Well, we're due we're definitely due a super cycle uh in housing. We're definitely due in the US and we're definitely due in the UK. We're very, very short of new builds and we need to build a lot more new builds. I think that's pretty much common knowledge, especially at affordable homes. We're very short of affordable homes getting people uh on the ladder. The issue is is that super cycles don't just happen because you need them. They happen because they happen. So this might not be the best time to get in into housing. We might go through a bit of a glut. Prices are too high. People don't want to build. People mothball the sites. You don't get your super cycle until those prices come back down. And the prices come back down, you know, you end up with... I mean, if you look at companies like Hortons and things like that, and you go on to Max, and you look at people like Taylor Wimpy and put their uh, chart on Max, you'll notice there's periods where these guys are pretty much going to go bust. They're a penny a share. They're a few dollars a share. And, you know, that often happens just before a super cycle. They don't often be at $90 or $100 or £5 or all-time highs, and then a super cycle happens. Um, so it's just one of those things just to keep in mind that these are very, very cyclical industries, and you don't know whether we're at the top, the bottom, or somewhere in the middle. Yeah, that's quite scary. It could These could definitely lose a lot of pricing before we end up in that in that sort of uh, heavenly uh, area. It's uh, it's an interesting one. I, I like your take on that. That's been really interesting. We'll move on to something slightly different that I wanted to talk to you about. This is more on the personal finance um, area. And this is a an article that I saw the other day. The other day. I think it was today, actually, June 2nd. Uh, so, yeah, it was yesterday. Uh, how to trade Europe's incoming revenge spend, according to BlackRock. Now, I'm not, I'm not bothered about trading it. Uh, you know, the opening in Europe, and we still class as Europe, guys. We're not in the Eurozone or whatever, but we're still in Europe. So I think this article means us as well. But it's this phrase, revenge spending, that I saw. I had to look into it and figure out what they, what they actually meant. Because it sounds aggressive. It's not aggressive. It is simply that revenge spending means that because we've been so starved of spending for the past year or so, and we haven't been able to do the things we wanted to do, it turns out that now 
now things are opening. We are going hardcore on absolutely everything and we're doing too much of it. So what I wanted to ask you is, are you revenge spending? That's what, that's the first question I wanted to ask you. Have you been going out and doing more things that you didn't and actually maybe doing them more than you not did really before. in my case i mean i did a decent amount of preemptive revenge spending during the lockdown stuff where i was um i kind of on that trend that we hear about from the states where places like lowe's and home depot were doing well as people basically try and kit out their houses to be working from home facilities uh, in some way or another or just generally nicer if you're going to have to spend a lot of your time in them so my kind of outgoings have been fairly steady uh, through this pandemic. I mean, it's not like I've just sat at home uh, salting everything into stocks because, well, there's nowhere to go and nothing to buy in a certain way. I, I found plenty of ways to buy, spend money on things that I don't probably need, um, including uh, I had an Amazon Prime subscription for a time. Didn't need that particularly, but it meant all the other things that I wanted to buy got here a lot quicker than they would otherwise have done. Um, so I think there'll probably be a shift in the, the areas in which I'm spending, but I'm not sure the overall amount will go up. I mean, I, I really miss going on holidays, but I don't plan on traveling this year, particularly abroad. Um, we're holidaying in the UK this year, which I'm looking forward to because I'm looking forward to just being away somewhere and having some time off and that'll be nice. Um, but I'm not part of what I hear a lot about in the news of a massive glut on air travel to basically anywhere that will have Brits at the moment. I think I'm going to be uh, part of this, but almost inadvertently. Um, I'm because obviously, as I mentioned at the beginning, I'm moving house at the moment, so there are items that I will need to buy to to facilitate that move. For instance, we don't our fridge freezer is integrated, so we have to leave it. So we need one of them. Dishwasher is integrated, so we're leaving it. We need one of them. TV. We broke the feet when we were packing it, so it now doesn't stand. So we're probably going to have to buy a new one of them. We still haven't been on honeymoon from when we got married earlier, uh, whenever it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I need to. We need to have a honeymoon of some description. So I feel like yes, these are things that I would have spent. Well, I wouldn't have spent money on, but sort of. I can't really live without them. So I think I'm going to be inadvertently part of it. I, I can see it as a little bit of lifestyle creep. It's kind of in the same category as that for for me and i think that's one of those things that we've all got to be very careful of um mm. but yeah i think it's an interesting an interesting topic it's, I, I think we said it about 10 podcasts ago that i think there is a hell of a lot of pent-up demand and mm. i think um you know the, the vast majority of people will be looking to go and do so there's a lot of stuff i'm looking forward to doing i think that must be the same for everybody um but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out it's something this article it hit me in two ways today see if i looked at this article today and not had some of the other things that happened to me today i i don't think i'd have taken notice of it but i at my work i have a lot of new people in i have students i have um very, quite young people you know in their 20s 20 25 and one of them said to me today he goes i've been going to the pub every single day since it opened and i was going what like he, he and they're saying me and my mates have been going out so much more than we did pre-covid and i thought okay that's interesting to hear because in my my me personally i've gone on this big frugal thing over the past year to try and increase my spend um 
try and decrease my spe- expenses and try and increase my net worth and maybe try and work less. That's what I've been going on. So my aim right now is to not get into this revenge spending trend and not spend too much money. I do already feel it happening. I, for example, soft play has started to open up and uh, trampolining and stuff, uh, trampolining parks and things, which my kid loves to go to. Have started to open up, and you won't know anything about this. No, I was really interested in the idea that you were kind of really into soft play and trampolining and that kind of thing. I thought, (laughs) 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 oh, gee, guys, you beating all the toddlers (laughs) up in the ball pool. Yeah, yeah, soft play is my favorite thing to go to. I just dominate all the toddlers. But uh, yeah, like so. So, in, in that way, I think life might get a little bit more expensive for me. I, I think that maybe you know all the kids' activities and things that we weren't doing now are going to cost more, and I've got to have to budget for that. I'm going to have to try and figure out how that's going to now fit into my life again, especially as I've cut down on my expenses so much. And I'm also noticing there's a little bit of food. Uh, people are sort of asking me to go out to restaurants and go out and socialize a bit more and i'm thinking oh, I, I i really don't want to <laughs> like I, I barely like you enough to, <laughs> I, I think i like two shares of realty income more than i like you <laughs> so like, <laughs> that's, that's weird how i'm thinking now but um yeah it's, it's just something uh so maybe like in your workplaces or even with the people that you hang around have you seen this trend uh, you starting to see people go out more spend more or um, is yeah. it real um seeing people go out more is definitely something i've seen a bit more it's happening to uh, my wife quite a bit more than it is to me for the straightforward reason that nobody really likes mm. me very much so i don't have to go anywhere uh but no uh, more generally <laughs> uh, most of my friends i tend to see in the same place which is playing cricket at the weekend so i'll kind of see 11 uh 22 of them if we kind of get a couple of teams together there and we'll all see each other together and that'll be kind of it and we'll have a night there and that'll be sort of once a week or so which is about where it was before um but my wife tends to have friends in sort of more disparate and scattered uh kind of social groups so she's off seeing these people she hasn't seen and then these people that she hasn't seen and then these people that she hasn't seen and that's sort of three lots of a week uh now which is much more concentrated than it would have been because of course it is right she's much nicer than i am people like her better so they all want to go and have dinner with her and that sort of thing um and she's had a whole year of just talking to them on zoom and so on and yeah there's definitely much more a much higher concentration than there would be of kind of going out as things catch up which is i think perfectly natural for you know ordinary people i mean in my case i'd put a price of about two shares of legal in general on most of my friends have done about two realty income (laughs) (laughs) that that does sound like a lot of meals out and a lot of drinks out as well i've avoided it so far uh, well, yeah, sort of. Um, I suppose I've been out once. We basically spent, we've already spent our monthly budget on eating out already. So I'm actually scared that this is going to go, this is going to... It's the third. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's I, the I'm, third. Honestly, it's, it's getting, we spent it on, we probably spent it on the, <laughs> we probably spent it on the 30th. That's, that's how it's been. And then, and in that time, we've had two barbecues as well. So... And it's the same, I think I'm in a similar boat to yourself. I mean, we're three, uh, we're probably three pretty hermity type 
guys who don't really socialize that much. I We're suppose. guys that have time to record um, a podcast every week, is, put it that way. Is definitely is. And she needs it. <laughs> uh, but the missus, she definitely is. And she's out there. She's seeing other people with the kids. So she's got the kids a lot. And then she's got her friends. And then she's got her other friends. And they all live miles away. And they all want to meet up at one place. And it's someone's birthday. And someone's baby shower. And someone's... Oh, God. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of money to me. And I, and I, I, I'm guessing you guys don't need to do anything then to sort of rein in your spending. I suppose you don't have any problems probably with income for a start because you guys probably earn considerably more than my. <laughs> that was a joke, uh, by the way. That's an in-joke between uh, the Discord lot at the minute. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, so I don't think you guys are going to have that much problem, but are you going to have to put anything in place to stop yourself from overspending as we open up? So I, um, we, we do this anyway. So we swapped all of our bills to the first of the month. So we have a separate account, which we both dump in um, a set amount of money to cover all of our bills. And then everything else gets split down the middle um 50 50 so groceries things like that but basically we we harvest off the money we need to survive for the month and pay the bills and have the house and what have you and eat and everything else we don't talk to each other about so if she wants to go blow it on you know having parties and what have you and eating out then that's fine because that's her money she's earned it um yeah um you know and she, if she you know if i want to put 700 quid traded to or two or in crypto <laughs> or something like that she doesn't ask me the, the, the question either do you know what i mean because essentially once we've paid off everything we need to pay off to, to get us through the month it doesn't really matter what you do with the rest of it i guess that's fair that's fair um i, I mean the antithesis to that would be is if you realize I don't know what your wages, your wage comparison is in your household, but uh, interesting. Going back to Scott Galloway again, he had a very small snippet that touched with me today, and he said he was talking about his childhood, and he asked his, he saw his dad packaging up his shirts and stuff, his very expensive stuff, his watches, uh, when he went out on business trips, and he remembers saying to his dad at the time, um, "How come you're so rich and me and mommy aren't?" which is very interesting to think how um, it, once struck, it struck me a little bit because uh, it does sort of show there might be still, there might still be an inequality in the family. I'm not going to go too much deep. We, we could go very deep into that. We'll prepare something else for another episode with that bit. What? Let's move on a little bit further. Uh, you guys wanted to talk about trading two on two, opening up the voting rights particularly on i think it's only on gme so far uh but they've opened up the ability to vote on trading 212 now this is new it's been a feature that's been asked for by a lot of people is it worth it and uh, is it good news i guess uh i can lead off here i mean so i don't think it's worth particularly much to me i don't own enough of any company especially the kind of companies i'm interested in buying which tend to be fairly large cap things i mean even if they're not that large cap i don't have enough money in them to be a, a meaningful force here and i don't really have any drive to be an activist either even if i did so um i also had a portfolio on stake 
uh, for a little bit, and they do offer voting rights. So I have voted on things before. I've voted on things for Barrick, um, and I've voted on a couple of other things uh, on there. So voting's definitely possible. I get the sense it didn't make any difference to anything at all what I was doing voting, but um, insofar as I'm a shareholder, it's nice to be able to vote. I have a sense that kind of when I think about voting more broadly... I'm not sure my vote makes much difference to anything. I don't think I've ever lived in an area that's not been a safe something seat politically. Uh, so where, how I voted and whether I voted has never made any difference to something. But I think it's a good thing that I have the right to vote uh, one way or another and that I can at least choose whether I want to exercise that right. I don't think anyone should kind of force me to do it or stop me from doing it. But I think it's a good thing that it's there for me. So I welcome 212 giving people the chance to have the, the vote that they're uh, perhaps insignificant holdings entitle them to. I think uh, many hold many hodlers died for your freedom. They to did, vote. but they didn't <laughs> die for the right to tell me to vote. Uh, they died for my right to do it, not for someone to have a go at me if I don't. Can I can I tell you a fun story of Steve? I think it was the first time he ever voted because he was so excited. I got a DM from him, and he'd learned that. Uh, it was the day that Charlie Munger got angry because somebody voted against the auditors. <laughs> and I believe that person was Steve. <laughs> so you, you you made the news, you, you got into Charlie. This isn't quite true. Like all the best stories, there's an element of truth to this, but it's not quite the entire thing, I should point out. I've never owned Daily Journal stock. But I did see the Daily Journal conference when Charlie Munger was saying, OK, people voting against Baker Tilly, the auditors. Who the hell is voting against the auditors? Why does anyone care about that? And so I immediately voted against everything that Barrack <laughs> were proposing just for the sake of it. <laughs> Get yourself Twitter famous or something. <clears throat> what do you think, Steve, then? What do you think of the GME saga on voting with trading 212? No, it's great. It's good. And it opens up the whole idea that, you know, eventually we're going to get all the shareholder benefits through as well, which is another real positive. Mm. Um, you know, it'd be nice to, uh, you know, legal in general, for instance, one of the things I pointed out to people that they didn't realize on the Discord was they're entitled to a discount on the life insurance through uh, legal in general if you're a shareholder. So, um and there's various other ones I can't remember off the top of my head, but you know some companies do offer you a decent incentive for voting. But what I found funny was reading the subreddit this morning. It was all the people who were so be like bent over about this, like not being able to vote, and all the people who have just been like completely flooding the subreddit and being offensive to everybody, then had to change tact and say. Well, what am I voting for? What do, what am I supposed to do? So they were that like they were that like you know completely like pissed off about not being able to vote. They actually forgot to even look at what they were supposed to be voting for. There was literally thread after thread after thread after thread of people saying, "What am I supposed to do with this?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, a, and also it's all about the insignificance of it of you holding your three shares of of uh, GME right and. Like yeah. you're not going to make much difference, uh, uh, and even even all of the holders on trading two one two are aren't going to make much difference. I, I imagine the holders in of AMC and GME on Robinhood vastly outweigh how many there are on on um, 
Train Two One Two. But I do, I do get it. It's about about time Train Two One Two started showing some some benefit towards the shareholders. And I guess if that's what they've been getting berated for in the, over the past few few months, maybe maybe that's good that it's the first thing that they've gone for. And hmm. I, I'm telling you now, it, I don't think there's anything on any of the companies that I own right now that I'd vote for because I don't think I make a difference in that with me owning 20 shares of Tyson Foods right now. It's, it's you know, you're vastly outweighed different classes of shares. It's, it's just not going to happen. Um, so I, my job, really, what I, th what I should be thinking of is how do I plan for whatever this merger change is going to do or whatever the, whatever they're voting for? How, how do I plan for what the outcome of that is? And maybe you should be thinking about that more than thinking, I want my right to vote. Well, it's not just that. It's, it's part of investing in uh, a company is listening to the CEO and believing that he's a good leader and will make the right decisions for the company. Mm. Now, if I look at a, a CEO and he says, I want to do X because I think it's good for the business, um, yeah, do it. I don't need to vote on that. I believe in you. I'm invested in you and I, I'm invested because you're part of the team. Uh, if it gets to the point where I'm desperate to get on and register my 7.484897 shares to say, no, don't do that thing, I'll just sell them. Yeah, like you, vote, you vote with your... Uh... You wrote, you wrote with your money, don't you? That, that's what. That's how hmm. I see it as well. I think, um, and the shareholder voting, I think, is just a little bit. Meh. But I, I like the. I like what you're saying about the uh, investor perks because AMC is giving out loads of perks at the moment, or at least <laughs> is planning to, uh, which I guess you can't get through trading two one two right now. No, they're paying their dividends in popcorn, popcorn. aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, the the first one is like free popcorn, and I think all you have to do is go up to an AMC theater and show your shares on Robinhood, and just go, "Here you go, I own zero point zero one share of AMC, you know, I'm yellow into the moon," um, and you get some free popcorn or something. But I think they're planning on bringing out free movie tickets and, or at least discounts. And I remember in the article actually that you probably read as well is that some redditor posted back. Fuck you! I want to pay for that popcorn. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought this that is, was. I mean, uh... We're talking about a company that's on like the verge of collapse. Like they, they just do not need to give anything away for free. Like charge for everything, like, especially in the like in the UK. A little pack of popcorns about forty five quid. So I mean, they can't be afford to, <laughs> afford to give that away to everybody. The margin on popcorn is massive, though, isn't it? The, the absolute <laughs> yeah, margin on popcorn. I imagine. I imagine um, bringing in bringing in AMC viewers to the cinema is probably going to make them more money than the the margin that they're going to make on the popcorn. So it probably is good, a good decision, good business decision to do that. But uh, yeah, this company is issuing AMC is issuing shares like mad. It's still not really eating into any of that debt at the moment, is it? It's, like, it's not. How much, how much does it have to do? I like the popcorn thing, by the way, in terms of giving free sh uh, popcorn to people. So probably more than any stock I can think of on the market at the moment, <laughs> AMC is trading off its fundamentals, fairly obviously, right? So it's up based on noise, and in order to kind of make serious impressions on its debt, they need this thing to stay up there for a bit, which means that they're going to have to do something to keep the people who are buying it for 
non-fundamental reasons entertained and interested and engaged because when their attention goes somewhere else that share price is coming back down again and the longer they can keep it there the more shares they can print the better impression they can make on their debt if that involves giving them some popcorn to keep them interested while you're at it yeah give them the popcorn uh, that seems like a fairly cheap way to keep your share price up to be honest uh, i don't know why box is not giving away popcorn to make its share price go up some of the time <laughs> the the only thing is, just... uh, the only thing is, is I think they've misunderstood it. Uh, the only reason why uh, AMC and GME are in such stead right now is surely because of the short interest. The short interest grew back, and that's why Wall Street bets went after them again. I think that's got to be the only reason. That's the only fundamental that anyone's looking at here is like developing that massive short squeeze and hoping that they can put a hedge fund completely out of business. I haven't actually kept up with the whole storyline since it crashed the first time, but it seems it's back now. It went up 100% the other day, right? Yeah, it crashed about 40% today uh, at one point, and then it it's all the way back up to it. where it started as well. So it's been a completely bonkers day. But I can't yeah. work out the math on it. I can't work out the math on who's... Who's buying up the shares there? It can't be retail. Retail can't have this. And and also, it can't be short. It can't be short buying up the shares as well. I suppose that's how a short short squeeze works. But it just doesn't feel... I don't know. It, it doesn't feel possible. But then I guess that's what this is all about. This is this is the craze. This is the mania. Uh, are you thinking of getting ah. in? No. <laughs> No, it, no, to be not fair, even for the free popcorn. <laughs> to be fair, someone someone commented on one of my videos today saying asked me asking me if I got in and I was like, No, because I think I'm gonna get into crypto because as soon as that fad, this AMC fad dies down, everyone's gonna flood back into crypto and shit coins and that's where I'm leveraging myself there. So I'm back in Bitcoin now, back in Ethereum and even a tiny bit of Cordano, but um yeah, I'm not going to dodge. I can't. I can't go dodge. I, I just can't bring myself to it just yet. <laughs> Maybe some fundamentals. Okay, let's have a quick look at the last bit. We've got some very nice comments uh, out recently um, that you guys have been leaving on the videos. Thank you so much to Casper, who is like head mod at the in the Discord. Uh, woo new episode keep it good work lads thank you very much Casper Life of Kieran good video guys thank you so much Annie Onyx Annie Onyx I've seen you around a lot you're good commenter he's in the thank Discord. you so much I think um, Life of Kieran oh, he is, 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 he's in the Discord as well Life of Kieran I think he's Beijing Barry I think oh, oh man um, I, I wish I knew I, I don't know I don't know <clears> that I can't separate the, put the names together <laughs> I, I think I know that Life of Kieran is Beijing Barry because that was the name he used on Reddit before they banned him <laughs> <laughs> been well in, you've been well in there Novice Investor UK check out Novice Investor UK's Instagram he's got like he does the dankest memes it's 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 a, it's a laugh a day when you look at his he, he's commented great episode uh current commenter lovely name uh podcast is underappreciated and that might be due to the tra channel transition yeah i don't know what's happened um 
uh, we we moved this to the new channel because uh, we wanted to separate it out from my content, and uh, is it, I think it's going pretty well. I, I'm quite enjoying it hmm. on this on this new thing. Uh, what else? I uh, just wanted to really get all of them out there. Let's have a look. Uh, Tiger Tom, another great episode, lads. Appreciate it. Uh, Mr. P, thank you so much. Really enjoying these weekly discussions. I think I've got three more from Sam Late. Keep it up, fellas. Uh, Aces official. Thank you, Aces. Aces always comments on the videos. I've been in touch with him recently quite a lot. He's, he's uh, really given me some help recently. Thank you so much, Aces. He's got his own channel, uh, Aces Official. It's def That's definitely his Instagram, but he's also got his own channel. He does lots of interviews with different uh, people. I've even been on there. And um, uh, yeah, he does loads of he does loads of cool little. I think he's a rapper or something. I've I've been listening to him on Spotify. And Mr. Porkster, I see Mr. Porkster all all the while. I imagine, I bet you're on the Discord and I speak to you all the time and and stuff. Great video, very inter interesting and entertaining. So there are some really positive. There's some really positive stuff going on uh, on in the comments. And thank you, thank you so much for. Uh, leaving your comments and things, and we don't actually get that many negative, really, or do we? I don't. No, I don't know. No, no, it's just overwhelmingly great. nice people. Yeah, yeah. No, I, no solicitors in, listening to in, us. In general, that does happen. <laughs> I think in general that does happen on YouTube. Um, that most people are, you know, very nice, and if and if we've got a very good understanding and well thought out discussion, I think uh, most people see it as as. That's okay. I love we'll getting have to into for that. I, I do love getting into the little fights as well. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, I think we'll leave it there. How long are we through on that one, Steve? Yeah, an hour and four minutes. So right on time. Hour and four minutes. Look at that. I, it's like I'm, I can time this now. Uh, I, <laughs> I know how long these have been going on. and uh, It's just it's like a natural body clock now. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, more news from the week and probably another weird game that we, we can play. And Definitely another weird game. Let me know what your score was on the uh, on the Steve W game. What was it called? Would oh. you rather? Kathy, would you Thank rather? You. That was yeah. it. Sorry if I just butchered it. <laughs> no, that's what it was. I, I did the thing that I thought everyone was doing, but apparently Steve isn't, where you come up with the name first and then build the game around it. But <laughs> apparently the name wasn't as good as I'd hoped. That's a good way of doing it. I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm falling behind. I need to, I need to create one. I need to be a bit more uh, creative. I think so. I'll, I'm going to try and have a think next week. But thank you very much for listening and watching, everyone. You can hear this on Spotify, uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, Audible, and uh, the other one whatever that is and also you can view us on youtube leave us a comment a like a five-star review on the podcast if you're listening and thank you so much to everyone who's been commenting if you've got any questions that we can answer for you or just discuss here on the podcast um fire it away leave it in the comments uh i think you can leave reviews on the podcast as well and we really do try and take uh pay a lot of attention to those on the podcast as well so anything there Get involved, get talking to us, and uh, we're looking for more people to come on as well. So if you're interested, go for it. Thank you very much for listening, everyone, and we will see you next week.
I'm amazed how many people own stocks. I'm amazed how many people own stocks. The sucker's going up. <laughs>